Yeah, yeah. Woke up in the morning and to God be the glory. Thankful for another day to tell my story. Put my opinions in the universe and let them orbit. I'm from the dirty south with a dirty mouth, might need orbit. Miss thing things on me like a nigga Norbit. Had to refuse them cause my bitch no resfusion, she gorgeous. As I dab my sons up and kiss my daughter forehead. Tell them we gon' get this money till my pockets morbid. Remember living in apartments, now we playing mortgage. You ain't gotta like a nigga regardless, baby, I'm blessed. And, and I, I keep, keep that blick with me, we like grits and eggs. As you sip your coffee, flick your cigarette and let a nigga vent. Yeah. Yeah. We are back. Episode 14, Grits and Eggs Podcast. I am your host, Deontay Kyle. As always, email me, gritsandeggspod at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns. Want me to play some music? Just holla at your boy. Just make sure it's good. Hey, um, this episode will be coming out at 8 p.m. So if you're listening right now, this is coming out on 8 p.m. on a Monday. Because I ain't had shit to talk about on Friday. And not only that. Shit, I had to go to work yesterday. All type of shit. You know what I'm saying? You, you, it's still Monday. You feel me? Who said it had to be 8 a.m.? I should have lied to y'all motherfuckers and said I set up the time wrong or some shit like that. But other than that, man, everything is going good. I got a crick in my motherfucking neck. From sleeping around, my, my wife be kicking me in my back during while we sleep. All type of shit like that. Some shit fucked up. I got a truck driver body like a motherfucker. Um, yeah, man. Good, good to be back. I'm gonna sip this, sip this coffee real quick. Good to be back, man. We got a lot of things to cover. More important, most importantly, we gotta talk about my boy that live in the storage unit. <laughs> my boy was, my boy was doing suicides in the storage unit, doing push-ups. Talk about I got music. He had dresser. Now look, this is completely illegal. You're not supposed to be living in a storage unit. Yet, he thought it'd be a good idea to chronicle that on TikTok of all places. If he would have did this on Instagram, 230 views. If he would have did it on Twitter, if he ain't got a big account, it would have went nowhere. But of all the places to broadcast that you live in illegal, you do it on TikTok. And then you get surprised when it go viral. And then you get even more surprised when they put you out. Brother, what was you thinking? There's some things got to stay in private, okay? Now, if you did this in effort to get donations, to get people to feel sorry for you, to get you some money, it's a possibility that plan is successful, okay? But the thing that was, like, not super surprising to me, but a little jarring to other people is that you know, he got a girl living in here with him. Now, this is a heavyset white girl. And we all know that niggas don't get food stamps. Niggas don't get child support. Niggas don't get wit. What niggas get is a big white girl. <laughs> if you ever shall be on your, you, 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 you off your feet, you on your dick, you want to get back on your feet, go find you a big white girl, okay? That's our, that's a lot of niggas like disability checks. That's their insurance policy. When you're going through hard times, don't take a sister through a hard time. Okay? They historically went through all the hard times with us. Brother, if you're going through a hard time now, you find you an overweight white girl, and you get back on your feet. But you got to remember, this is a free trial, not a subscription. 
Okay, when you get on, you leave that bitch for a black girl. You feel me? But a lot of you niggas get too comfortable. You get too comfortable. You start treating it like a real disability check. You don't want to go back to work. Now you don't got her back. Now you don't got her pregnant. Now your child gonna be raised by a racist. <laughs> oh yeah, cause they're gonna be, you know, you know. We all see how mixed children with white mamas act. And this is where it come from. It come from once upon a time there was a black man that was on his dick. His pockets was touching. He just lost his job. He don't have no motivation. He's sleeping on his mama's couch. And he was trying to come up. Got him a job at the warehouse through the temp service. Working on the assembly line with a big old white girl. Big old white girl flirting with him. His ego ain't been stroked in a while. He ain't got a haircut. She don't care nothing about that. It's fetish season. She put him in she put him in a fucking crippler crossface right there in the bedroom. He said, man, it's it's comfortable. It's amenities over here. Good snacks. Now this bitch like to eat. We be going out to eat. We going to Applebee's and Old Charlie's. Going to Texas Roadhouse. Eating good biscuits with cinnamon butter. He think he living a life. But you supposed to stay focused. You supposed to stay focused and get yourself back on your feet. But a lot of y'all turn that free trial into a subscription and I ain't mad at you. But when we start calling you a bunny hopper, don't be mad at us. That's all I'm saying. Now me, I would rather go to a homeless shelter than live in a storage unit. But the way he had that storage unit laid out did make it look a little plug, a little not not really lavish, but uh, a secondary option. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to live in a storage unit. He not supposed to be living in a storage unit, so they put him out. Last I checked, they was on TikTok Live uh, in a hotel room that some of the viewers had supplied for him. So hopefully everything work out, man. Um, but at this point, you are obligated to turn your free trial into a subscription, brother. I'm going to tell you what. You done put this girl on blast, man. You got her laid up in the bed on her phone. She really not trying to look at the camera, but you keep putting the camera on her. Oh, oh, the shame. All oh, the shame. I know her father feels the shame. <laughs> I know her father like, God damn, man. I done put in all this work, spent all this time trying to get this girl, uh, get this girl a good life. And what's she doing? She's laid up with some nigga in the storage unit, man. This shit tragic. But then, I, mean, I ain't gonna hold you. Black people have been wilding out this week, bro. This has been a week for the blacks. We have been wilding the fuck out. I'm on Twitter... No, my wife sent me, uh, I think it was a tick. What, what, where you seen that Sealand Boyle shit at? It was on TikTok? Yeah, she sent me a TikTok. This lady talking about she doing a Sealand Boyle. What was in it? Tell me everything that was in it, babe. I don't know. Only thing that I know is like, I don't know. The well, whatever it was. I, I'm going to assume we got crab meat. I'm going to assume. God damn it. I'm going to assume we got crab meat. I'm going to assume we got. Uh, shrimp, but she liked to throw a little extra in there. She put some mice in that shit. Now, I don't know how much of the Asian influence has been on us since we've been on TikTok, but I know that traditionally, when we think about people that eat rats and shit, we thinking about the Asians. That ain't no disrespect. That's just a fact. 
Now, one could say a nigga could have a taste for mouse and mice and rat if you been eating at said Chinese spots where they cooking these motherfucking rats up. But the fact that this bitch intentionally caught a mouse and then just proceeded to put it in a pot and then she talking about now my neck breaking out. Bitch, you got the black plague. <laughs> like, what did you expect? What, what, what part of the... Listen, bro, are we in that much of a financial crisis in America where motherfuckers is catching mice on sticky traps, which are which is poison, and then proceeding to throw that bitch in a boil? I don't, I don't want nothing to do with these people. Uh, and, and in more, in more news about niggas wilding, we have a young lady from Florida, a mother of three, with dreams of being a content creator. So what does she do? She picks up her fucking family and moves them to Houston, Texas. Now, on paper, this ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? You got dreams, you got aspirations. If you got the money on, it could be done on. The issue is she ain't had the money on. She ran out of funds two, three weeks into her move to Houston, end up homeless. We having a cold front across the whole country. Everywhere it's cold. So you got your children outside in freezing conditions. Then you do a interview with the news like that was going to make you look good, like somebody was going to be feeling sympathy for that. Now, I know it's good people out here that's going to send her some money because of the kids. But this is, this is like unfit parenting one-on-one. You don't have to live nowhere specific to be no content creator. You could have been a content creator in Jacksonville, Florida. It ain't nothing special about Houston, Atlanta, or New York that's going to make you a better content creator. This is just delusion, bruh. This is like a high level of delusion. But when you're a parent, the, the mindset should be that we're going to do what's best for the kids first. But this bitch like, nah, I'm trying to run up a check. Now, her following is going up on TikTok, so she may. But what is the content going to be about? Because this is the thing. No matter what you want to do on the internet from now on, the only thing you're going to be known is the unfit mother that moved her kids from Florida to Houston, went homeless, had your kids out there in the freezing cold, had ended up on a, in, in a shelter, then ended up on the news trying to get us to understand what you're going through, trying to get us to feel some sympathy for you. And we ain't going to do it. You're, bitch, you're wilding. Like, what are you thinking about? I don't want y'all to ever get so caught up in this internet shit that you think that you have to leave where you from. Like, listen. I didn't have a stationary place that blew me up on TikTok. I was in my truck. I was in my backyard. Nine times out of ten, when you see a video from me, you're going to see me in my truck. It's not about the location. It's about the content. It's about the relatability. It's about whether people feel like they can connect to you. Moving ain't going to do that. I could have moved to Houston. It don't mean I would have been no bigger. Just because some of your favorite content creators might be in Houston. You know, it's like the, it, ain't the, it ain't the clothes that make the man. It's the man that make the clothes. This is the same concept. You cannot put your kids in a fucked up situation chasing a dream at some point. I got dreams too. 
I wanted to be on Zoom. I wanted to be a Zoom kid, okay? Some dreams just ain't going to come true. When I was 12 years old, I was in my living room. Come on in Zoom, come on in Zoom, come on in Zoom. Come on in Zoom, 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 Zoom. I knew that was going to be me. I was going to be a PBS kid. Just so happened by the time I get to high school, this shit don't even exist no more. Sometimes some dreams got to die. I used to go to my grandma's house when I was sick and watch The Price is Right, the real one with Bob Barker. I never got to be on The Price is Right. I wanted to throw a little chip down that little thing where it'd be and then it end up at the bottom and you figure out what your prize is. I ain't never going to get to do that with Bob Barker. Now, I did get to experience that dream in another way because Bob Barker supply all of the amenities to the jail inmates. <laughs> so them orange slippers, them jumpsuits, them toothbrushes, that toothpaste, and that soap is all provided for you by Bob Barker. Now, I done wore some Bob Barkers before. So be careful what you ask for when you try to live a dream. I just wanted to be around Bob Barker. You know what I'm saying? Six degrees of separation. I got on Bob Barker slides in the county. Now that ain't what the fuck I meant. That's why they say when you when you putting out motherfucking uh when you manifesting into the universe, you better be specific. I wasn't specific. But you should never put your kids in a situation when, especially if she was homeless in Jacksonville, it still wouldn't make sense. But being homeless anywhere is the same as being homeless everywhere. Now, I ain't going to say it's the same as being homeless in Alaska as it is in, in Miami. At least in Miami, you get to be around the beach, sunny weather. But they are trying to make homelessness illegal in the country anyway. Yet, they will not pay people a living wage. So, they never going to make that make sense to me at all. But when you have kids... Unfortunately, you have to do a little bit more structuring around your dreams and your aspirations. Because your, if, your, if your children aren't a part of the plan, if you don't factor in your children into the future, first of all, this country is expensive as hell. If she ran out of money in three weeks, that means she went down there with like $2,500, $2,500. That ain't enough to move up the street. If you if you moved and you ran out of money in two or three weeks, that let's just say let's give it a benefit of the doubt and say you went down there with five thousand dollars. That ain't enough to move up the street nowadays, baby. Why you thought then? That means you put your motherfucking kids, three kids on a flight. That's four folks on a flight to Houston from Jacksonville. Connect their flight in Atlanta. Yeah, man, you're cooked. We need to look into some therapy, and we need to put these children in therapy. We need to look into some alternative situations for custody, and we need to get your ass back to Jacksonville as soon as possible. It's all love. You just made a bad decision. The thing about your bad decision was it got broadcasted all over the motherfucking news. My my bad decisions ain't never been put, ain't never went viral. That's the issue with a lot of people and their bad decisions, like my boy in the storage unit. My girl with the sea land ball and and shouted that tried to move to Houston. 
a lot of times y'all bad decisions be going viral. My, I ain't never had none of my bad decisions go viral. So I ain't going to talk down on you. But I am going to say you're cooked, like, up here. You ain't got it all clicking. And you need to, you know, reevaluate your stance in life. Because doing extreme shit for attention, it ain't as valuable as you think it is because you might be the talk of the town. Listen, I might be the last person to ever talk to, talk about you. It's shit going on happening every day on these TikTok streets. On these social media streets, it's shit happening every day. You might be the goofy for a day or two. And you might have some people that feel bad for you for a week or two. But eventually, nobody going to give a fuck. Nobody going to care. Eventually, you're going to go into oblivion like everything else. Tell me something that went viral three months ago. You can't. Because it's something going viral every day, every other day. It's a new story every week. The thing is, is it's only the 18th. Which means it's been 14 days, two weeks since the Cat Williams interview. And if I talk about that interview right now, as if it just happened, people going to talk about it like I'm talking about something that happened a year ago. It's old news. Two weeks is a long time on the internet. And you trying to do some goofy shit to go viral for two days. If we had a 24-hour clock, being viral on the internet for two days is like two seconds on a 24-hour clock. It don't, it don't matter much. It's going to take as much time for you. It, it just, we have to really reevaluate what we're doing for the internet. Can you, can you uh, hit me with a refill, baby? Can you refill this for me? Just bring the pot. Don't roll your eyes. But we really do need to reevaluate like the things that we doing and the actions that we taking just to have some clout because clout don't last long, man. That's just like this lady, Nikki Haley, like talking about America was never a racist country. It's just like factually not true. But also my issue with it is this. It's like It's just, it's factually not true, but my issue with it is, like, you can't treat politics like the internet. When we get to a point where our politicians are trying to get sound bites and, and outrage farm on the internet like the everyday common person is doing, and for some reason, it always have to come at the expense of black people, we are in a cooked society. Like, we're not using our noodle at all. Because the thing is, is that it's just, she know it's not true. First of all, ain't her name like, what's this, ain't this bitch a, a, a minority? And then like, America's never been a, a racist country. But then the dude, Vivek, all these people that, all these people of color that always try to align themselves with white people get shown like white people, what white people is really about. Vivek Ramaswamy. In Iowa, they said they wouldn't vote for him because they he reminded them of a terrorist. He too dark. But yet, these are the people that's running for the Republican Party on this platform that they don't see color in America. is past color and America is not racist. Yet, everywhere you go, outside of, of, of a majority Democratic population, well, we're talking about major cities, 
that would accept you, you want to go for the white vote because them white folks like to pay. Them white folks going to let you pay to play. Them white folks going to let you pay to make a fool out yourself. Candace Owens know this all too well. You sell out your own community for them white dollars. But eventually, you're just going to end up being an N-word to them. Eventually, you're going to end up being a terrorist to them. Eventually, you just never going to be white enough or straight enough. It just ain't going to happen. And what's this girl name? Nimatra? Nimrata? Yeah, her name is... Wow. First of all, you was born in Bamberg, South Carolina. So I already know. You know. She just like a little bit more white passing. That's the issue. What's up with you? What's up with you fucking um, East Asians and y'all fuck? I mean, what is it? Yeah, it's East Asian. No, that'd be like Central Asia. Either way, girl, what's up with y'all and like all this turncoat ass shit y'all be doing white people? It's always like a motherfucking Indian and a motherfucking... What's y'all allegiance with white people? They don't fuck with y'all. Y'all was colonized by Britain. And even with y'all being colonized by Britain, y'all spokesperson, um, Mahatma Gandhi was a fucking racist too. It's just y'all have a history of being racist. They don't fuck with nobody but black folks. In America specifically because... You niggas be coming over here from other countries and and, 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 and y'all be on some fuck shit too. Y'all be on some anti-blackness too. I say like Caribbeans and shit, they be talking shit. This ain't the start no gender wars. It, I mean, no diaspora wars. I'm just saying we don't have certain issues that y'all have. Because skin bleaching is big in Africa and it was big in, in Jamaica. And we ain't never had no skin bleaching epidemic out here. It's like the anti-blackness in y'all is so internalized. That y'all come over here looking at us like we less than because we proud to be black. That shit be crazy. This lady full name is Nimarada Nikki Ron Hawa Haley. Which means her real name is Nimarada Ron Hawa. And her American name is Nikki Haley. But listen, bro. You can't run on this platform like... Trying to align yourself with white people just never gonna work. Because they never, you never gonna be in in that group in that loop. Now me, I don't really care what you do. You gonna do what you gotta do, okay? You gonna do what you feel like is best. And when that anti-blackness is embedded in you, and you think in your mind of minds that you are on on par with the whites of America, You just gonna you 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 gonna make a career out of making a fool out yourself, and it's sad to watch. It's hard to watch, but y'all do y'all, bro. Like I don't really give a fuck, but it's just outlandish to say America was never a racist country when you know full and well it's not true. And then another thing about it is, it's like y'all are treating politics like social media. Y'all just trying to find a clip. You want to go viral? Thing is, I don't want a motherfucking viral sensation as. Any type of politician, any type of president, any type of vice president, any type of senator, mayor, congressman, city councilman. I don't want somebody that's tapped in all day and night on social media. But, like I said, we live in a cook society. We live in the upside down. So we're going to move on and move forward. Deontay Kyle here from the Grits and Eggs podcast. Look, still don't have no ad sponsors. And we have inquiries. But listen... 
if you go, if you want me to promote your business, if you want me to promote your apparel line, I need the product. Okay, I'm not just gonna send people to your website. That's not a tried and tested, you know, version of advertising or marketing. If you got apparel, let me wear the apparel on the podcast. Send me something. This ain't a you get everything and I get nothing type of deal. You feel me? We got to keep it even. We got to keep it even, Steven. Okay? I'm trying to show you some love here. Show me some love back. And it's all love. Your ad could be here. So if you have apparel, if you have a product, if you have a business that you need promoting, just holler at me. Send me an email, gritsandeggspod at gmail.com. That's gritsandeggspod at gmail.com. And I got you. I'm telling you, get in while they're getting good. Because when these corporate sponsors start trying to throw me some money on, I'm going to take the money on. Alright? We here? We good? Back to the show. This week we introduce in a new segment called the CD Player. Okay, now the CD Player is just me reviewing um, it's just me reviewing some of my favorite albums, things that music that raised me, the music I grew up on, the things that made me fall in love with this genre as we have it today. So, um, we're going to start this off a little different. Find My Comment 23 says, top five mixtapes, no repeating artists. Okay, we're going to do it a little different because I grew up in the mixtape era. We're going to do the top 25 mixtapes, in my opinion. But the first five is going to be super duper subjective. This is just going to be my... Favorite that that probably wasn't distributed, um, you know, nationwide. It was probably very localized or it's just things that I found on my own in my discovery that wasn't as big in the culture, but were very big to me. So we're going to go 25 and the first five, 25 through 21, are going to be just mixtapes that mean a lot to me. Now, 20 through 20 through one, the, the top 20 are also going to be, in my opinion, but I'm considering the fact that they had a little bit more of mass appeal. They had a, a, a little bit more traction uh, nationwide, and a lot of people know more about these mixtapes. And then in the second part of this, we're going to talk about The Hunger for More by Lloyd Banks. Top 25 mixtapes right now. At 25, we got Alley Boy, Definition of Fuck Shit. Ah, listen, bro. I used to be robbing people, okay? <laughs> this is the soundtrack to armed robbery, I'm telling you. Number 24, we got Black Bags and Yellow Tape by Briscoe. Now, Briscoe kind of got booted out of the industry and blackballed because he did take the stand on somebody. And, you know, we can't stand for that in the culture. He also got robbed on camera, but he's, he, he makes shit like, he makes shit that's called goon music. You ain't supposed to take a stand. You supposed to spin. Number 23, we got Young Joe. I am legend. I used to sell pounds of mid to this fucking mid. This shit, it was, it was me and two of my friends and a 1999 Bubba Lexus bumping this, going from Douglasville to Atlanta to make transactions. And we had a ritual that every time we hit 20, we fired up a blunt. So this shit was uh, it, it, it's like burning to my brain it's a core memory for me young Dro, i am legend this is like young Dro is one of the greatest lyricists out the south of all time in my opinion we're just gonna keep it a stack number 22 we got capital steve's american corruption 
with a focus on Black Petunia, Capital Steve was, to me, the real leader of pro era. But Joey Badass had more, I guess, uh, mass appeal, more marketing value. Because Cap Steve was kind of like thrown off. And he had an untimely death by suicide, which was linked to his diagnosis as a schizophrenic. So it kind of lets you know where he went. But he, cancer twin like me, RIP Capital Steve's American Corruption at number 22. And at number 2021, we got Don Logan by Gun, 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 Listen, bro. Gunplay, <laughs> he was overlooked a lot in, in in Maybach music. But I know that they were trying to push Meek Mill. I know they was trying to push Wale. But Gunplay was always that boy. And Gunplay is a true Southern lyricist. Not to mention that, you know, I went through a phase of my life where I was like, I was getting on the two, two, you feel me? So we kind of got a little synchronicity. And we both sober now. So number 21. Don Logan by Gunplay. Now, we're going to start the real list. And I'm going to try to go through these without too much talking. We're just going to go through them. At number 20, we got Blue Chips by Action Bronson. At number 19, Two Chains, True Religion. Damn right, I got it. Damn. This one, Two Chains of Smoking, the double joints, the double blunts. That mean that boy was putting two swishes together and smoking them joints the long way. At number 18, we got Travis Porter, Streets Are Us. If you was not outside, just say you wasn't outside. If you wasn't kicking it with the girls, just say you weren't kicking it with the girls because girls was out here throwing ass to this mixtape. You had to be outside to know that. You had to be a figure eight to know that. You had to be in Club Cali to know that. You had to drive all the way to Carrollton to go to Club 31 to know that. The girls was throwing ass to this. At number 17, we got Starlito, Don Trip, Step Brothers. At number 16, we got Migos, Young Rich Niggas. Now listen, I know y'all heard Versace. But if you ain't never been in a motherfucking car with that, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, man, them, them folks really revolutionized the hook in this way. It was like, bro, you just got to put two words together, put a name together. Emmett Smooth, Emmett Smooth. Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith. Them folk, them folk were really revolutionized the hook game, but this shit had me so turned up. I feel like I discovered Amigos before a lot of the rest of the country did, being that we was in Atlanta, and that shit was whamming. And I had a homeboy from New York that I used to rap with. He was like, man, this shit's some bullshit. Like, you really like this shit? Yeah, bitch, I like it. I'm a visionary, okay? Everything ain't about the fucking bodegas and Timberlands and chopped cheeses, nigga. Sometimes you just gotta Versace, 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 Medusa head on me like I'm Luminati. Come on, man, them niggas was different, bro. The issue with the Migos is that they they took what made them successful and they ran it into the ground. But we love them. At number fifteen, we got Yo Gotti Cocaine Music Three. If you don't know, you just don't know. I know y'all a lot of it's a lot of young dog fans out here. I know that when rappers get into beefs, y'all like to pick sides. And for some reason, everybody don't want the Young Dolph side, I think, because he had un untimely death. Rest in peace, Young Dolph. But for the youngest, for the, for, the, for the elder millennials, the niggas that was really outside, and if you ever sold drugs in your motherfucking life, Cocaine Music 3 was your anthem. 
And number 14, we got Kevin Gates, Luca, Luca Brasi 2. This one I became a fan. Before, when he was doing the saddle, never really made it. Look, she gonna get it right. Kevin Gates got a little weird on his hang <laughs> But he was always kind of showing us he was different. But with this Luca Brasi 2, fuck a meet and weep. I was sick down. I was like, man, I ain't gonna lie, this young nigga going crazy. Fuck with that shit. At number 13, we got Chief Keith back from the dead. Never trust your face, bitch. You gotta watch. I used to be working at the Honda plant in Tallapoosa. Out there with the bumpkins. You feel me? Driving from Lithia Springs all the way to Tallapoosa to go work for Honda. And I got this shit on repeat. All we do is turn up with some damn monsters. I used to be in that bitch turned up in the break room talking to nobody. I used to be the type of dude that if I'm really in love with a with a with a song, I'm I'm having my headphones in and I'm rapping that bitch out loud. And if you ask me who it is, I'm not going to put you on. I was a gatekeeper. <laughs> Number 12, we got Beam Me Up Scotty by Nicki Minaj. Now listen. Anytime I was in the car with some females, this was what's going on. I was on the plane with the wine. You coming in and all that good shit. But once you put an ear to it and you really listen, Shawty was going crazy. Then she had a little brief stint where she was with Gucci Man 1017. She used to be going crazy. We got to always going to show Nicki Minaj her love. She, you know, this is what I'm saying. Celebrities, they be staying around for a long time. And sometimes that persona leaks over into their real personality. And we find out they're a little weird. We find out maybe they do a little cocaine. Okay? But we always going to show Nicki Minaj some love. At number 12, Beat Me Up Scotty by Nicki Minaj. And at number 11, Gucci Mane, the movie, Undisputed. Now, I, I could have put this in the top 10, but I'm trying to be, you know, objective. I'm trying to be subjective, whatever, whichever one of the objectives it is. I'm trying to think about the people and not myself. Because this shit could have been top five for me easily, but I'm trying to think about the people and not myself. Gucci Man the movie is one of Gucci is is in my opinion Gucci Man's best mixtape of all time and also it is a top 5 DJ drama mixtape of all time. That ain't no cap. At number 10. Let me take a sip of this coffee real quick, man. I'm going to do a lot of editing on this podcast, you feel me? It's not going to be on the show. At number 10, we got Dirty Sprite, Future. The original Dirty Sprite, not the album. This when niggas was going uh, in Photoshop and just putting together a cover. I got them old honeys. Yeah, I got them old honeys. The new ones on the way. Fish pork case. Numb your face. Where your taste. I got them old honeys. The new ones on the way. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know shit about that. Number 10, Dirty Sprite Future. Number 9, Trapper Die by Young Jeezy. Now, it ain't nothing to even argue about. We don't even have to have no conversation. We know what Trapper Die did to the streets. I was wearing the snowman t-shirts at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to turn them things inside out. 
Y'all wasn't outside. I was wearing stop snitching t-shirts with some Jabos and Air Force Ones. Y'all wasn't outside. We had to turn them bitches inside out. Number nine, Young Jeezy Trapper died. Number eight, J. Cole, Friday Night Lights. Whew, young symbol. Young symbol. And it, we all know how he did that didn't you know beat by Erica Badu. We ain't even got to talk too much about it because at number seven, we got 50 Cent is the future by 50 Cent. Now, this may be in the OG mixtape era. This is when mixtapes wasn't traveling the way they was. This before DJ Drama, D, DJ Smalls. This before Hood Rich. This before all that. 50 Cent had the mixtape circuit in New York on lock. This is the thing that made him a local legend. But not only that, he had a lot of street lore behind him. He had, you know, he really was having it in the streets, but he was putting it in these raps. I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, How to Rob came from 50 Cent is the Future. So at number seven, we got 50 Cent is the Future by 50 Cent. And at number six, Acid Rap, Chance the Rapper. Listen. Ah! Ah! Y'all ain't... <laughs> Y'all might know Chance from when he loved his wife. Ain't nothing wrong with loving your wife. Ain't nothing wrong with loving your wife. I know. I got the juice. I got the juice. I know Chance when he was on drugs, baby. He was doing drugs and he was making good music. 10 Day. It ain't on here, but it was one of them ones. But Acid Rap is number six. In my opinion, on the top 25 greatest mixtapes of all time. And at number five, all of this shit is tied to something. When I when Chance the Rapper Acid Rap came out, I was um I was doing a lot of walking. I was doing a lot of swimming. Okay, we had just got a two-bedroom apartment. I, I I was on my health and wellness shit. You feel me? I wake up nine in the morning, go to the go to my fucking pool. Do some backstrokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work on my breath. Work on my breathing. But at number five, we got Joey Badass, 1999. Now, listen. The Beast Coast movement was crazy. We got the Flatbush Zombies. It wasn't just the Beast Coast thing. It was it was Beast Coast where you got Flatbush Zombies and Pro Era, but you also had... Uh, Danny Brown and Absol ch chiming in. It was this whole collective conscious movement that was going on. Um, and this is when everybody was like getting aware of your third eye. This is when the crystal started popping. Niggas wanna niggas wanna put an amethyst around their neck. Joey Badass, 16, 17 years old, drops 1999 and showcases some of the most expert lyrical ability that we had seen because we was doing a lot of we was doing a lot of ass shaking we was doing a lot of auto-tune there's a whole lot of walk a flocker going on outside and, and and that was great everybody loved that but they brought back they brought that feeling back you know pro era they brought that feeling back and joey bad was the leader of the squad he was the leader of the new school he, this tape single-handedly kind of changed the trajectory of the sound. You know, they was doing a lot of boom bap shit, and that's all well and good. But you got to think, me, uh, at, I think I was 21, 2021 when this dropped, I was working at Miko Cena in Midtown. I'm sitting in traffic, 7 o'clock in the morning. 
I'm really in the Matrix. I'm really in a rat race. And I'm listening to Snakes by him and Tana Ape. Because you always get behind in the cut. I wish I could get back. Don't do you got to eat the corrupt. This is certain. This is a burden. I was feeling like, oh, I'm above this. <laughs> you know what? I will rise above this. Joey Badass, 1999, number five. At number four, a lot of people don't get a goat his flowers. He's always been a man of the people. He is the number one independent artist of all time, in my opinion. Shout out Master P. Currency, drive-in theater. If, you, if you're not fucking with the hospital, I don't know what you're doing. And he's even better live. I just seen him live not too long ago. Uh, motherfucker's amazing, but that drive-in theater set the tone. You ain't never sparked up a motherfucking raw paper and put in a drive-in theater. Have you lived? That's what I want to know. Have you lived? Was you on my mixtape? My mixtape. Was you on Spanrilla? Was you on Hip Hop DX? What was you doing if you wasn't expecting a currency mixtape every two to three weeks because he was dropping them? But uh, the leader of the pack is. Now, one can make an argument for New Jet City. I love New Jet City. But I'm going to say the thing that popped it all off was Drive-In Theater by Currency at number four. And at number three, Kendrick Lamar, overly dedicated. OD, thank you. Thank you. Sitting in the studio thinking about which move will go right now. Freestyler right now, whatever. It's still like come my clutter. Man, listen, bro. This man, Kendrick Lamar... I was 22 years old. I remember this. I was on a mega bus on my way to North Carolina. And I listened to this bitch eight to ten times. You know, them mega bus drives be long. I listened to this bitch the whole way there and the whole time I was down there. This shit is permanently burned into my memory, but this is one of the greatest mixtapes ever produced. Ever produced. And we talking about, I listened to Section 80. Section 80 don't give me the same feel. Even Good Kid Man City don't give me the same feel as this overly dedicated. This is just this man being fully in his creative bag, fully connected with the art, wanting to be heard, but also wanting to be a master of his craft. This is one of the greatest mixtapes of all time, and it is undisputed. But at number two, we have to listen. I don't think anybody could disagree with this. Cushion Orange Juice by Wiz Khalifa. Man, listen, man. Listen, man. Wiz Khalifa is forever going to be a staple in hip-hop because of this mixtape. I don't really know what else to say about it, man. I mean, this mixtape was just, it would, it would give you, like, you just wanted to get some Kush and, and drink some orange juice. I mean, it really was that simple. Is Wiz Khalifa one of like the greatest lyrical phenomenons? No, but he is a fucking vibe. He is a complete vibe. At number one, no surprise to anybody. No surprise to anybody. Little Wayne, the Drought Three. It is one of the. It is the best. Listen. It is the best mixtape of all time. It's better than your favorite rappers, rapper's album. Look, I had it on my phone. I said, if he don't say this, <laughs> I am going to cuss him out. 
listen, bruh. It is the best mixtape. It is better than your favorite rapper's album. It is better than your better. It's better than the best. The Drought 3 is... I mean, bruh, let's go through the... Let's let's, 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 let's go through this. Let's go through this. Because I'm going to tell you... I mean, you got back on my grizzly. You got the upgrade your freestyle. You got the everything about there was there was twenty two songs and no misses. There was no skips. There was songs. Uh, he was taking rappers beats, and it was becoming his song. You don't know Mr. Jones. You don't know what that song sounds like. But you know what. I'm a ride for my motherfucking niggas. Most likely I'm a die with my finger on the trigger. They tell me don't get high, let's try to make a living. I tell her I'm a hustler, I'd rather make a killing. My eyes get so wide, it's surprising the skillet. I let my bitch back in, if she's still in, I'm a killer. I put up pistol ride, now I feel like I'm a dealer. And fuck your hospital, young money, we the illest. And I ain't gotta lie when I tell you I'm the illest. My flow is nasty. Like C. White Phyllis. Listen, bruh. That ain't even how you spell syphilis. Turn it down, baby. <laughs> she over there bumping that shit right now because it is the greatest mixtape of all time. Of all time. And that concludes. That concludes the mixtape portion of this podcast. Uh, that concludes the mixtape portion of the CD player. Next on the CD player, we're going to talk about Lloyd Banks, Hunger for More. An album that I hold near and dear to my heart. But we're going to take a brief commercial break. And we're back. We're back to talk about Lloyd Banks, Hunger for More. One of the greatest albums of all time, in my opinion. Now, this is always going to be in my opinion. These are albums that raised me. These are the albums that made me fall in love with music. I'm telling you that I used to have a CD player where you could just loop the CDs. And there was a couple of CDs. And I'm going to talk about these CDs. Um, I'm going to talk about these albums in this segment. Um, we got Rick Ross, Port of Miami. We got Birdman and Lil Wayne. Um, what's, what's the name of that? Like Father, Like Son. Got Lil Wayne, The Carter 2. 50 Cent, Get Rich, Die Trying. Young Buck, welcome to Cashville. But right now, we're going to talk about Lloyd Banks. Hunger for more. Ain't no click. Banger. Playboy. Banger. Warrior. Banger. On fire. Motherfucking single. Banger. I get high. That's more in the mid, mid-tier. But I'm so fly. He came back with a banger. Work magic. Banger. If you so gangster, we, we, now we, we, like I said, we working back in the mid tier, but Warrior Part 2 featuring Eminem and Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg ain't just giving out features, baby. Banger. Karma. Never really liked that because, you know, sometimes these genuine niggas didn't do really do too well with the ladies, but I'm pretty sure the ladies loved it. But I was like 13, 14 years old. I wasn't checking for that. When the chips are down, featuring game. Banks, they think I'm Yayo's replacement. Nah, just bought her his genius to walk through Matrix. I'm assigned to the doctor. I ain't got no patience till they put me with this 50 cent. Now I got a facelift. That's the listen, him and Young Buck had I'm 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 gonna arguably put Young Buck's feature as the best feature on this tape. But Game's feature on when the chips are down is a close second. 
They could be interchangeable depending on how I'm feeling. Banger. Till the end. Banger. Die one day. Banger. Southside story. Sad as fuck. Gangsta, grimy, gutter as fuck, but a banger. This album was nothing but bangers. Now listen. Some have called Lloyd Banks the punchline king, and I'm here to agree with you. Because if you ever listen to G-Unit mixtapes, if you ever listen to G-Unit Hot 97 freestyles, if you ever listen to Lloyd Banks versus Cassidy mixtapes by DJ Cochise, these this man have some of the hardest freestyles ever. Hardest punchlines ever. But also... They did a victory freestyle. Now, we remember victory being um, Biggie, P. Diddy, featuring Buster Rhymes. We got the real live shit. Fuck, fuck, bah. Where my people in the bar? Where the fuck you at? Where my niggas is at? Where my bitches is at? That shit. I got an industry gangsters that argues and squeeze the weed for and flip when I call a bitch like she Queen Latifah. He started it off like, he started it off going crazy. Lloyd Banks is one of the best lyricists. Not in the Northeast, not West Coast, not in the South. One of the best lyricists that hip-hop has ever produced of all time. And he is the king of the punchlines. Lloyd Banks' Hunger for More raised me. We talking about when I started rapping, it was because of artists like Lloyd Banks. I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted one day desperately to do a song with Lloyd Banks. Now I pivoted and moved on to different ventures. But Lloyd Banks' Hunger for More is a, a, a big marker in my life when it comes to music. It, it's like one of the first albums that come from mind, come to mind. And I'm on the internet now searching, trying to get a CD of this. Because I'm, I'm going to just start, you know, people collect vinyls and shit. I'm going to start collecting CDs just for this segment. I'm going to start buying the CDs. You're going to see them somewhere in the background. Because, I mean, bro, this album is just, I can't speak highly enough about it. It is one of the greatest albums of all time. And we need to give 50 Cent his flowers for what he was able to contribute to hip-hop. Because he didn't just put himself on, he put his team on. 50 Cent is one of the greatest um, label... uh, What would be the proper name for this? I guess like label heads or whatever you know the shit that i don't know the correct term for it it's escaping my mind right now but 50 cent is one of the greatest label owners of all time especially when it comes to talent and when it comes to making the people around him better um i'm gonna go through like with ti ti it always seemed like ti was kind of like Short stopping his artist because I truly fully believe that Young Joe could have been a bigger artist than T.I. Dobie, he had an untimely death. He could have been a bigger artist. And T.I., in his own right, is one of the greatest rappers to ever come out the South. And we got some T.I. albums coming on this segment as well, specifically Urban Legend. But there's a lot of artists who got into the game and they weren't able to create their own label and then distribute reputable talent afterwards. 50 Cent is the best at doing this. 50 Cent came out with Get Rich or Die Train. Did he stop there? No, he gave us Beg for Mercy. Featuring G-Unit, before the game came along, before game came along, Tony Yayo was locked up, and they shout out Yayo the whole time. They even put him on the cover. But him, Lloyd Banks, and Young Buck made a classic album. A classic album. This is all 50 Cent. 
Then we get Lloyd Banks' Hunger for More, a classic album. Then we get Young Buck straight out of Young Buck straight out of Cashville, another classic. And then we get the game, the documentary, a classic. Fifty Cent need his flowers, bro. He he, it, whether it be him being as an A and R, whether it be him being a producer or uh, or just a executive producer, even his uh, soundtrack to the movie Get Rich or Die Trying. Fifty Cent he need his flowers, but. At the end of this segment, we're going to end this segment and this podcast. Go listen to Lloyd Banks' Hunger for More. I'm probably going to play one of the songs at the end of the podcast. So if you're on Spotify, you'll hear it. If you're on YouTube, thank you for participating. I got to get a new place to record this because my iPad is finna die. I don't know why this keeps happening. It used to have better battery life. Now it's shit. And I like recording on GarageBand because it's easy, it's simple, and it's easy to export. We're going to figure this thing out in the future, okay? We're going to figure this thing out. But once again, this has been episode 14, Chris and X Podcast. I'm your host, Deontay Kyle. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. The YouTube numbers are going up. We almost at 500 subscribers. My milestone goal is 1,000. We halfway there, baby. And that's all on y'all. I appreciate y'all. The visuals will be dropping this week. Okay, the visuals from episode 13 is going to drop this week. And the visuals from episode 14 will be dropped right on schedule. My laptop to do all this is on the way. Thanks to y'all and y'all recommendations. Instead of waiting on getting a Mac, I went and got me an Acer, a gaming laptop with good RAM on it. Good memory on it. 256. No, I think I had a terabyte of SSD. Hey, I learned everything I need to learn. I listened to y'all and I went and got the... A quality product to give y'all quality episodes. So thank y'all for always tuning in. Thank y'all for always chiming in and giving me great recommendations. And thank y'all just for listening. We'll see you next episode. Chris Next Podcast, Deontay Kyle. We out.